I'm not excited until I'm kicking the door down and running through all guns blazing. So I'll probably be excited and jumping and chomping at the bit on the start line. Welcome back to the World Extreme Medicine Podcast. This is the second part of a two-part episode where we speak with Dan Richards on the race across America. Dan Richards is a friend of WEMS and he is cycling the race across America as part of the Belesma team. So the, the Limbless Veterans is a British charity that helps all serving and ex-service men and women who have lost limbs whilst in the military. So Dan uh, lost his right arm and shoulder and part of his neck in a motorcycle incident back in May of 2009. He's gone on to navigate the highs and lows of rehabilitating and adapted his life for the better. So he's found himself uh, having a passion for elite cycling and has ridden in the Invictus Games amongst other high performance events. So in this podcast, we speak to him about the race across America, about his impending race um, on this 3000 mile one stage event, um, how much sleep and or riding he's going to do as part of the team and his preparation for the event. So please do enjoy. This is the second part of a two-part episode where we're interviewing Dan Richards on the Race Across America. So as we said before, the Race Across America is a transcontinental race, uh, 3,000 miles from West Coast to East Coast, all done in one stage. So Dan is joining us. He's not a stranger to the WEM uh, podcasts. Welcome to the podcast, mate. Hello. Thank you, Owen. Thanks for having me. Nice to see you again. Yeah, good to see you. Good to uh, good to connect. So, Dan, um, at the moment, you are in Oceanside, I believe, which is in the west coast of America, just above San Diego, just below LA, and you are riding for the Blesma team. So, Dan, could you just unpack what the Blesma team's about, and indeed where you are, and what you're just about to embark on? Yeah, cool. So, um, so Blesma in itself uh, is a is a military charity. Blesma stands for the British Limited Ex Servicemen's Association. It um, uh, looks after people you know, from the military, limb loss, loss of use of limbs, so spinal cord injuries, um, loss of eyesight, loss of hearing. Um, and the Blesma team, um, the entire team is made up of Blesma members. So, so Blesma calls its uh, beneficiaries members. Um, so everyone from, from the eight cyclists and all the support crew are all Blesma members. Um, and Blesma put this together. Um, so Ram has always been a goal for Blesma. Uh, it was never about being the quickest, never about being the fastest. It was about members supporting members um, to get across a, a massive obstacle. Uh, it, it, you know, and Race Across America is billed as the world's toughest bicycle race. Like, like, like you said at the beginning, like... Um, its distance is comparable to the Tour de France. However, unlike the Tour de France, it's there are no rest days. There's no stages. Like the race course is one stage. It's you against the clock. So it's, the clock starts here in Oceanside, and it, it turns. It, they turn it off in uh, in Annapolis in in Maryland, um, and you've got the cutoff is nine days. So it's so yeah. And and I think the Blesma team themselves. Uh, so I'll break down the team for you. Sorry. So we've got. It's eight members. We've got two upper limbs, so myself and Will. Uh, we've got two hand cyclists with spinal cord injuries. We've got um, Luke and and, and uh, Alan, Alex, sorry. Um, uh, we've and then the rest are made up of um, lower leg amputees. We've got we've got Grant, 
John, Matt, and Cy, Simon. So um, yeah, we've all been we've all been as a cycling team together since 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 the beginning since 2019 when we put it together. So yeah. So Dan, just looking at this 3,000 mile race, could you maybe speak to the physical and mental preparation you've just had to put in as a team and as an individual for such a race? Yeah, so so we've all we've all trained individually. Uh, you know, any team's made up of individuals, isn't it? It's, it's um, so we've all trained individually. We've had training weekends where we've all met up and stuff, but they've they've more. I've looked at those training weekends myself as. Um, where you can look at how people are doing like through the training, what you need to work on and so on. So it's, it's kind of a good opportunity to kind of get everyone together, go out for a ride, see what how everyone is and, and, and so on. And that's kind of what the training weekends have been. Me personally, outside of those training weekends, cycling is, is a massive part of my life anyway. Um, so it, for me, cycling is quite very high up on my list of priorities um before ram and everything it's it's even even just during the week if i was doing if i was training for nothing like cycling for me comes first like if i've got meetings in the morning well i'll go and join the 5am club and i'll go out before the meeting starts um sort of thing but training for ram i've so we had two cancellations so we went to go in 2020 that obviously got canned because of um, the pandemic um 2021 we were going to go for but due to travel restrictions, that was also canned, but that was a unanimous team decision. Um, so during those two cancellations, I, I stopped training and went to maintaining. So I didn't want to be peaking like a year before I was going to be going to, to, to do this. So, um, so it's just been a case of maintaining over those last, during those last two years. And then eight to six months out, or six to eight months out, is when I started training. So uh, I don't have a coach. I've never had a coach. Um, I just bought a uh, a Training Peaks subscription, bought a, uh, a coach's training plan. I think it was uh, Simon Says Cycling, I think it was. It was it was, it was, it, it, uh, it was the programme that I bought. And I just did it, it was three months. I, I did it back to back. Um, when the weather got better, I just went out and put that training to practice. And it's, it's been quite good. And so I've been training five days a week. Um two rest days uh, which are Thursday and Sundays and those training sessions if they weren't if they weren't um, rest weeks they were um, it was uh, an hour and a quarter to an hour and a half and if they were outdoors two to three hours four hours um, but then I recently in, in the run-up to coming out to California to coming out to America um, I found a little 75k route and just tried to break two hours of doing it so uh, it's kind of what I've been doing. So yeah, so so yeah, I've 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 made I've, I've not found time. I've made time to to train and cycle, and but that's no different to how I operate my cycling life style, if you like, you want to call it hashtag <laughs> cycling lifestyle. Um, that's kind of how I operate. How I operate it. So. So Dan, riders normally complete it in what the elite riders compete it in five to six days. Uh, the cutoff is, I think you said, is nine days. What are you and the team aspirationally going to complete it in? What What's the sort of aspirational time frame? I think the goal, really, um, the, the fundamental main goal is to get across safely um, as a team. 
I think we could probably do it in about eight days. Eight days and some change, I reckon. Eight, so eight days. So, and that's eight days of of cycling uh, as a team. So, what's the cadence of change within the team there, Dan? So, would it be uh, that you're on the bike for half an hour at a time, an hour at a time, in between other team members? So, if there's six team members, would, would, what would that look like on a daily basis? It's it's kind of hard to say. Uh, I mean, I'm identified as well as a a pretty good cyclist, a strong cyclist amongst the team. So, I've I've taken that responsibility, and it is a responsibility, I feel. It's, it's quite humbling as well. I've had a lot of the team coming to me for advice on bikes and, and, and other bits and pieces in my limited knowledge, uh, which I thought I had, evidently not. But um, So I've taken that responsibility. I've not taken it lightly. So I've, I've trained, you know, if it comes to it, to do extra turns, to do, and, and, and so have some of the other, other cyclists as well. Um, but... Um, yeah, I think it depends on the terrain as well. I mean, if you're going to do 30 minute pulls, um, you know, at say a tempo cadence, a tempo effort, um, once you start hitting the mountains, that's going to come right down. Um, and I was reading um, and listening to some people chatting about Ram. Uh, we went into Oceanside the other day, and you know, you can lose quite a lot of time just getting out of the California range because it's so mountainous. Um, but once you get down into Kansas, it's just flat for like the best part of a thousand miles and it's um so that's probably where you'll make that time back up but it's kind of hard to say really um yeah yeah it's um i mean the team's working on nine hour rotations again that will probably change that will ebb and flow um as we go across so it's, it's kind of hard to say oh we're going to be doing this for this long because once you start hitting the mountains you know 30 minutes might become 10 minutes or five minutes depending on how fatigued the team are as we get across. So looking at your nutrition and the nutritional need across the race, what's your perspective on sort of hydration and nutrition, Dan? What's, what's your strategy uh, if indeed, you know, you've thrashed one out already? Um, so we're quite fortunate. Um, we've been sponsored by Science and Sport uh, and they've provided us with their entire range of their better fuel, uh, the entire of their, their better fuel range. Uh, we've been using it in the run up to coming out as well, and it's it's, it's quite it's it's very good. Um, but I think hydration wise, just 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 drink. Just, I, I mean personally, I I don't really look into hydration. I, I I just drink. I just drink as much as I can. Well, as much as I can is a bit of an exaggeration, but um, if I'm not doing nothing, I'm sipping water. I'm cycling and I'm sipping water. I'm not, I don't want to be getting thirsty on a bike. Because if I'm thirsty, I'm already dehydrated. So it's, um, it's just managing that. And do, are you carrying electrolytes with you or any oral rehydration salts just to try and avoid cramps and a deficit in, in electrolytes when, when, when you're in the sort of hot and dry terrains? Yeah, so um, like I said, we've we've been sponsored by Science and Sport, um, so we've got um, some we've got a supply of electrolytes and stuff that just tip in the water and stuff, and um, but it's just other things like when you're not when you're eating, throw some salt in your dinner, um, whatever you're eating. It's um, I think it's things like that. I mean, I've I've never cycled in the desert before, but it's 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 kind of. 
it's just about managing expect. It's not managing expect. It's about managing yourself, and I think that's what that's where the team comes down to be made up of individuals. Like they know their bodies best, um, so they they know what what they need to do when they need to do it. But then also, it's the rest of the team keeping an eye on each other as well. So it's yeah. I think that's fundamental, actually, that that element of self care, Dan, that you mentioned, and 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 then team care, um, and and then extending outwards from there. But looking at the um, distance, so three thousand miles, just to what you were saying, you've never cycled in, in the desert before, but you, you know, three thousand miles. Have you ever have you ever done any any endurance race over three thousand miles prior to this? Um, do you know what I've? Uh... No, this would be a first for me. Um, I think the furthest I've ever gone, and you'll probably laugh at this. Um, the furthest I've ever gone is, is is London to Brighton and back to London again. It's about hundred miles. So, <laughs> so what's so what's the, what's the succinct difference in your mind through the longevity of of a race like this? Uh, we were just talking offline about sort of sparing your legs, or indeed sparing your your power or your endurance would you uh are you are you fully prepared to you said you you're quite flexible with the different types of terrains and you might adjust the time you're on a bike are you uh, uh, have you have you got a strategy about how you're going to sort of last or indeed cover each other's weaknesses off over three thousand miles do you know what i think um with i mean how i mean how 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 I fueled for that? Like I just said that that hundred mile thing I did a little while ago. Um, I managed myself through that, and I think really I've just kind of I'm just going to amplify it. So if that's what I did for hundred miles, then I just increase you know in, in, increase what I'm going to be doing. But then you know it, it boils down to other things like um, like nutrition uh, and and so on. So the, the, the things that you don't really that people don't really think about when they look at getting into sport in general. Um, you know, I could go, I could go out down the road and I did, when I first got here, I was down Burger King eating dirty burgers and stuff and bagels and whatnot, um, which is all well and good, but I got to a point where I can't keep eating this anymore. Um, so it's, it's just a case of like eating whole foods and, 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 and you know, as best as I can and fruit and veg intake. Uh, I think I'm quite, I'm quite, um, specific on on my carb intake as well um so the last six eight months i've been tracking my food you know using the my fitness pal app and which i found really quite interesting um so i've got a good idea of of, of what i need to do as an individual uh to fuel myself getting across you know america have you got a strategy for sleep dan as a team how much sleep you're going to get a night or indeed as a, a as of a day uh, so we're quite like we're in an eight-man team. Uh, that team's split into two pods of four, uh, and each pod of four works on a nine-hour rotation. Again, that will probably ebb and flow depending on the terrain. Um, but I mean, my 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 routine really is once once I get off, once I get off for my nine-hour nine nine hours old, whatever, how many hours it's going to be. Um, literally, I, I, it's all in my head now. Sort the bike out, sort the washing out, eat, clean, go to sleep. Um, and the quicker I can get that done, um, the more sleep I'll have. And you know, sleep is fundamentally important, isn't it? So, 
So looking at the adaptations to the bike, Dan, could you just maybe uh, run listeners through what adaptations you do have on the bike uh, for one-handed cycling? I know you've, you've, you, you've trialed and ridden this bike in the UK uh, for quite a while before coming out to America. Could you just run us through um, any, indeed any ad- adaptations and how used you are to the setup? <clears throat> yeah, sure. So, so I've, I've got my, my right arm and shoulder's gone. Uh, I ride with the prosthetic shoulder, like cap, if you like. Um, um, that's purely for aesthetics and I suppose a little bit of protection. But on the bike itself, um, I've got a. Um, it's wrapped into the bar tape uh, on the left hand side. It's called a problem solver. Uh, essentially, in layman's terms, it's a cable splitter. So um, there's one cable going from the lever into the problem solver cable splitter, and then two come out. And how it works is as I pull the brakes. Uh, it pulls the back brake fractionally quicker than the front. Um, so I get kind of equalish uh, braking performance. And then my gears, um, so I'm using um, Shimano um, DI2, um, and that's set up for um, what's called synchro shift. Uh, essentially, what that does is it determines based on where the chain is on the, the cogs at the back, uh, where the do you know what? I'm overcomplicating this. Essentially, it's like driving a semi-automatic car. So <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. So essentially, yeah, it's doing some of the some of the work for you, which uh, which makes sense. Dan, could you speak to the um, support crew that you've got with you? Uh, we just spoke offline about uh, the fact that some of them haven't trained, or there's been minimal training, and how essential it is to have that sequencing, have that familiarity, and indeed have the uh, mental model of how it's going to look, and you did a you did a, a practice circuit the other day. Could you maybe run this through the the support team and how they're going to synchronise into your performance? Yeah, sure. So, I think um, we, I mean, focusing on the support crew, um, any support crew in any event, I think they are absolutely fundamentally key to anything you're doing. Um, I mean, as a cyclist, I've got the easy job. I will get on my bike, ride it get off you know when when you know when they tell me to and then get back on it a bit further down the road um and that's all i've got to do you know within the rules of, of ram but um you know they've not only make, looking making sure that the, the cyclist that they're following is okay they've got to read the maps they've got to drive nav- uh, navigating reading maps and so on they've got to make sure that they're within the rules that they're going the right way you know that that there's a there's a there's a um a, a level of communication so it's they're, they are fundamentally key to to you know us eight cyclists getting across um, you know to the other side of the country. Um, but yeah, obviously over the two years that you know we've been kind of treading water um, due, due to various reasons, health issues, family reasons, and so on, um, uh, and other other things taking sort of you know priorities. Um, we, we've had a few changes um, with the with the support crew themselves, so we've got some people that have, you know, bearing in mind they've all they they volunteered for this as well, so it's uh, they, they've taken time out of their their, their lives to come and do this. Um, but you know, some have joined. I think the, the most recent one joined, I think two weeks before we came out, um, and so it's had to learn quite fast. And yeah, you said we, we spoke offline. We went out and did the first twenty three miles yesterday. Um, as a cyclist. I really enjoyed it. I, you know, I was quite impressed with my 
performance that I put out for that 23 mile part. Um, but um, yeah, I think there was a, there was a couple of uh, things that need to be ironed out, um, um, certainly with, with communication and, and so on. But I think that 23 mile practice that we did yesterday and indeed the week that we've been here before the race starts, it's the perfect time to iron these little issues out and so on. And rather than rather than find out what these issues are on the day, you know, we, we see them, identify them, and you know, as a team, kind of work together to get it, to, to, you know, to get those things ironed out. So, so we go across, you know, like a well-oiled machine, or as good as. And I think that's what's key about us as a team is we're all ex-military, so we all know what you know a good working team functions like, and it, it's just finding that rhythm. And get back into it, and 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 you know we are we are a great little team. There's a lot of banter going around. There's a lot of you know support going around, and you know, everyone's egging each other on. It's it's really nice to see. So that's was going to be my next question actually around what the what the mood is like and what the sort of environment's like at the moment. Is it is is it quite positive, and is everyone kind of on the same page? It sounds sounds like they are actually. It sounds like everyone's really up for this race. Yeah, sure. Um, everyone's everyone's up for it. I mean, you know, we we we, we have all, even as a cyclist, you know, we've all asked to do this. Um, you, you know, it's not no one no one's put a gun to it and say what you're doing this. And we've had two years. You know, it's not like you know we haven't found out. You know, you know, last week that we're, we're doing race across America. It's you know we've all we've all known for the last two years this is what we're doing. Um, you know, it's the world's toughest bicycle race. Um, well, I need to. Yeah, it's, it's easy for me to say, you know, I've done this, this, and this. And I don't have kids. I don't have, well, I don't have kids. So, um, you know, I have a full time job and uh, and whatnot. And you know, it's I, I, but I've worked from home since March, so I've had the I've had the luxury of time as well without without any kind of external hindrances. But um, everyone's got their own motivations for wanting to do this. You know, some are some are, some are obviously you know, anxious. To get started, some are you know, a bit nervous of what they're taking on. Um, I don't, I, I don't know what it is. I haven't got that yet. Um, even the lead up to it, yeah, I've not been, I've not been. Oh, I can't wait to start. I'm really nervous and so on. I've been. I'm one of these people, I guess, that I kind of got a, a pretty good idea what I'm letting myself in for. But I'm one of these people that I'm not excited until I'm kicking the door down and running through all guns blazing. So I'll probably be excited and jumping and chomping at the bit on the start line. Um, and and um, I think that in itself has allowed me to remain quite cool and calm and just get on with whatever I'm doing. And I'm not, I'm, I'm really not focusing on getting to Annapolis at the other end. That's 3,000 miles away. That's, that's up to nine days away. You know, my focus is here and now. You know, and if I... It, 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 yeah, and it's just, it, you know, I'm, I'm well aware that I sound very cliche, but I live, I live and die by this. But I focus on now. My goal is to the end of the day. So whatever I do today, tomorrow will look after itself. And because what I've done today will make tomorrow one, one task less to do, one, one less thing to think about. Do you know what I mean? 
I do actually, and it's a really useful way to think when you have got, you know, you can break things into little micro stages or indeed micro tasks, so you don't have to be faced with the enormity. And I think it's a great way to do it, just chipping away at, at, at things one one thing at once, especially over such a long race and uh, such a such a uh, a long kind of protracted. Um, uh, event but Dan just as, as we're coming into London the conversation have you any sort of final thoughts for people that might be considering Ram in the future so the race across America in the future what would you what would your advice be to them um do you know what if you're thinking about it and you're scared by it absolutely do it because if it doesn't scare you it ain't big enough um so I think outside of your comfort zone will always be no matter what it is the best place to be um because you're never going to grow by being comfortable. You need some friction in life. You need some things that you're going to doubt yourself. But you know, if your internal voice is loud enough, you will excel in whatever it is you want to do. So, you know, I wanted to do. Ram's been a, a goal for me since I finished the Invictus Games. It was like, you know, the Invictus Games was a goal that I set, which came two years of my life. I did that, and I was like, right, what's the next thing? Well, Ram looks quite good. Let's go for that. And the opportunity came around, and so I've thrown myself into RAM like I did with the Invictus Games and it's 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 um was paid off in it so yeah so Dan just just as we as we finish off is there anywhere that 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 people can follow your progress or indeed monitor you across the race and or follow you on social media is there any any way people can sort of uh monitor how 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 you're doing yeah so um people follow what what I'm doing what I'm doing personally um, at my, I use Instagram mainly so I'm at the one armed wonder um, but if you want to track the team um, if you go to ramrace.org and find the live tracking thing you can find all about Ram out there as well uh, if you want to find out about Blesma they've got a they've got social media pages and they've got a website as well um, um, so yeah just type Blesma into Google and you'll come up you'll find their website and, and so on and and, and, and yeah, they've obviously got bits on the, the Ram team as well. So, it's, so there's, there's, there's lots of stuff out there about us. But yeah, if, if people want to follow me, yeah, find me at the One Arm Wonder. I, I've got a YouTube channel as well. I put videos on and whatnot. It's just exactly the same, the One Arm Wonder. I'm taking that name, yeah. <laughs> Dan, listen, that is fantastic, isn't it? and I just wish you all the best from Wem. Uh, we'll be with you. I'll be tracking your progress, and um, yeah, we'll be catching up with you after the race. But uh, all the best, mate, and thanks so much for the last piece of time. If you've enjoyed this episode of the World Extreme Medicine podcast, please subscribe, like, and share. And if you want to meet lots of other risk-taking, rule-bending, and inspirational people, then you need to be in Edinburgh on the 19th to the 21st of November for this year's conference. Tickets are on sale now. Go to extrememedicineexpo.com to find out more. <laughs>